This is TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. This is the one they're talking about. TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Thank you for being with us. Our guest today is Marianne Rosenthal, author of Be a Parent, Not a Pushover. So, Marianne, when you have your 15-year-old, let's say, and she or he is hanging out with some real loser people, you know, they're just going the wrong way, or the boyfriend or girlfriend is just a mess, what do you do? Well, you know, it's all adolescence is all about learning how to make choices, isn't it? And, and it is through relationships that our kids figure out who they are and what they aspire to in their lives. But unfortunately, and you can have really good kids, and they're making really bad choices. Yes. Um, you know, it's, and, and I and I blame the sexually charged music, the video games, the MySpace, the makeup, the clothing, and it's making young people think that they're much more mature than they really are. That's right. So you are the parent. You've got to set some rules. You've got to help them regulate behavior. Uh, the the incident where the 15 year old. Uh, when uh, ran off with the 13-year-old and they took 600 and some dollars in a car and they're out here in California somewhere. You know, most kids aren't going to do that. And, right. and there, there's a lot of other things that were involved in that. The young girl also had bipolar illness, which was just diagnosed. So, you know, lots of impulsivity. And I know I'm not saying anything about the parents, but I just, you, you know, I uh, it, it's tough because... You've got to make the rules, and they're going to break the rules. And you can't be with them 24-7. That's not, that's not logical, and they're not going to grow. But you've got to be really clear about what your values are and what you expect very early on with your kids. And, of course, you can't be with them all the time, but they need to know what's going to happen if they get caught breaking the rules. They need to know that. Oh, oh. And, you know, I think the, one of the best things that parents I, – I, at a really young age – I started telling my kids that really smart people do really dumb things when it comes to sex. Now, age appropriately, I would sit and explain that to them what that meant. But you know, I started feeding that very early because I think parents need the realities of sex, romance, dating, peer pressure, and making choices. Sure. And one of the things I think that a parent can do is, if if you've done those things and you've still got a situation like that. Raise your concerns with your child. See if perhaps, you know, they might have even some concerns about the relationship. You know, it's that respect thing again. Right. And you can find, and ask them, you know, how, how do you think you want to handle that? I noticed that, you know, he doesn't respect you as much as we'd like. I don't like the way he talks to you. Does that concern you? Because it concerns us. And find out if that might, that might be very much a concern for your daughter. And, and unless it's a very unsafe situation, I think you kind of can have a detached acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe even give opportunities for that boyfriend or girlfriend to come around and be around you and in social situations. Maybe, um, maybe change, problem, maybe change by your influence some. Well, hopefully, but the other problem with that is, Keith, it can be risky because the way kids are, that could be seen as approval. You right. know, oh gosh, okay, they're finally approving of this guy, finally. Yeah. Well, so you, you've got to be real clear on that. You're trying to just welcome him in as a friend, and, and you're going to be observing that whole thing. And the other thing is, a lot of times, and I, and I know this with my children, often kids really appreciate it when parents get them out of bad decisions. 
because then it's the parents' fault, right? And the kid can still save face. Yeah. And they, they want that. They hunger for that structure. And children of divorce hunger for it even more, even more. You know, I guess a, a, a thing that's needed here, you know, when... You know, a child brings somebody home and it's really upsetting to a caring, even insightful parent. I guess one of the things is communication, probably when the other person's gone or whatnot, and just keep working that and hopefully, like you say, you have the friendship developed and respect developed that we can do this respectfully and keep working at it. And even every time the, the person, you know, the your daughter or whatever brings this other person home, Afterwards, you might have a, another conversation and say, well, that improved, or, you know, I don't see this going anywhere. What do you think? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something like that, huh? It is, because they don't have, you know, and boy, I really do want to talk about that fabulous, fabulous adolescent teen brain. <laughs> what a marvelous three-pound mass that thing is in yes. all of us. But with adolescents and teens, that whole prefrontal cortex is not fully developed, and that's the seat of judgment. That's where all the executive functioning happens, right decision-making, reasoning, good judgment, insight, awareness, all of that. And, boy, I oh, here's what I tell parents to think about is in the adolescent teen brain and the prefrontal cortex, that, that it's seat of judgment, executive functioning, yep. is, is the coach. And it's the coach in all of us. And in adults, hopefully, it's fully developed. And then there's the limbic system, which is, houses the amygdala, which is passion, love, all of those really powerful emotions that make us human. And in the teenage brain, what has happened is uh, the players, the amygdala, the limbic system, the players are on the field, and the coach hasn't yet arrived. And that's exactly what we're dealing with. They just don't have the level of reasoning ability. It's not developed yet. So they haven't, not until mid-20s, by the way. They haven't learned how to be a full adult yet. They're, they're still pioneering that, and they still have some impulsiveness running around. Oh, a lot of it. Boy, ask any, ask any parent of any teen. You know, that's why they'll do the dumb things that they do. They'll get in a car with a friend who's driving, drives recklessly. Yeah. Or, you know, they don't think about consequences so it's our job until that prefrontal cortex is really developed to help them to get it that is our job yep you're listening to mastering ourselves with keith and charmaine amber your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions don't forget to catch us monday through saturday 7 p.m pacific 10 p.m eastern right here on crn and today we've got marianne rosenthal who's going to be with us for both hours of the show and she is the author of be a parent not a pushover so at what age about does the brain finally get mature not until the mid twenties, Charmaine. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Oh, baby. The, the, that's a great question. The largest growth spurt is zero to six. That's the largest growth spurt of the brain. Then we go into, you know, that six to twelve where you, that your kids love you a lot. I mean, you can do no wrong. You're just really connected to them. Then adolescence hits around ten, eleven, twelve, and you are just not cool anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you've got an alien in the kitchen. One day she was making avocado dip. And the next minute she's, you know, listening to grunge music and wants to pierce her nose or something. So it, it has, seems to happen overnight, but what that is a really large growth spurt that is 
happening. And it, we used to just blame it on hormones, right? But that's not true anymore. I mean, we know we know because we can actually look at the way the brain functions. We can see that now thanks to great brain imagery. Mm-hmm. And we're able to, to really see how the brain functions. Uh, and, and we're learning a lot. We are learning a lot. So, and, uh, oh, oh, yes. you know, it's it's good, like, let's say I'm going to give a speech or I'm going to do something that's very hard for me, and it's good to go over it either verbally or uh, play acted or something like that. And when we have kids that are going to face people asking about drugs or attempting uh, with sex or whatever like that, perhaps it's good to train them by play acting. Okay, you be the one who's asking and will trade positions and, play act the scenarios that they're bound to go through so that they have an idea of how to deal with it before they get in the middle of it. We've got to do that because it's not a matter of if they're going to be asked to smoke weed. It's going to be a, it's a matter of when they're going to be asked to smoke weed and do other things. And you I always say and a great time is when you've got, you know, in the car, you have a captive audience as long as mom's not on the cell phone and the kids aren't listening or watching their videos. Yeah. But you have a captive audience and give role play exactly. That's the key to role play with them. What would you say if, you know, your best friend Sherry asks you, you know, to to try try this pill. She's got this pill. What are you going to say to her? Right. And, and give the help them with the language so that when it happens, they don't just feel helpless, you know, that like they're right. lost. You are so right. They, you know, we don't go into meetings unprepared, do we? We That's we go right. in very prepared, and it's the same thing. We're trying to prepare our children, and not just soft, not soft wiring them, but hard wiring them. That's right. Get get them really set up. Even if it's just sort of like a light way, they sort of remember. Oh yeah, this is how I deal with this. What what would you say to say your son or daughter? Mm-hmm. about uh, no to sex until you're ready, you know, what would you tell them? What's a good thing to tell uh, teens? Well, you know, I think it, it, you have to, it has to be based on your, your values and, you know, how you feel as a, as, a, as a parent. What are your values in that regard? I hope they're uh, tight. I mean, I don't think kids should date. Before 16, other than in in, uh, in groups, you know, to kind of yeah, group cha- type chaperoned things. at least. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, there are nine and ten year olds who are allowed to go out with each other, so you know that's a different set of values in that family. But right. when it comes to sex, it's it's just it's very similar to the whole drug thing. You know, you, you it, it, sex, you explain to them, you start talking to them early about the realities of romance and intimacy, and and it has to be age-appropriate, but respecting their bodies and what it means and how it changes a relationship. We, and, we, we have, you know, uh, and these are the rules, and this is what we right. believe. This is what we believe, and then live what you believe. So and, and you, you that, have the idea the that you can have, like, a baby, you know, you got to realize that, and mm-hmm. you want friendship growing up. You don't want some casual kind of thing. And Marilyn, I would like to Marianne. Oh, oh Marianne, I'm sorry. That's all right. I've been called Marilyn a lot. You must sound like a Marilyn because I get called it by people who see me too. So. Well, I'm, I'm looking at your name up here, and I I didn't read it right. <laughs> so, um, I feel like people don't quite know how to make boundaries. A good portion of the people. So I have no problem with you or me putting out what we think are appropriate boundaries because 
let's say like having sex. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't somebody have sex or, or what's the thing? I don't even go to what your family's like. I try to bring it more to maybe after years of sincere searching and caring, what I've come to found to be pretty accurate and put that out. Oh, I agree. No, I do that too. But knowing that sometimes, you know, my... My job is is helping people through the trials and waves of, of their lives that they experience, and you know that means different things to different people. And I can I can educate them, yeah, and bring them along with the hope and and explaining to them and hoping that they will, you know, see it my way. But when it when it comes right down to it, Keith, you know, there, I, I I hope that once they're introduced to that, and sometimes. It, it generationally that and I know you see this too somehow you know you got to break the tape you've got to stop that tape that automatic you know the the ant the automatic negative thinking process that mm -hmm. goes on that the old tapes that play from the past that have not served us well but you know if you know because this is the work you do it's difficult to break those tapes yeah it certainly is you know like with sex if you have a child and you you, you got somewhat of a rapport you might just say you can have a baby. Are you ready to raise a baby, to stop school, to stop everything, get a job and raise that baby, spend all that time, and the baby's going to pattern after you? Are you a full-grown adult? Do you know how to make all your decisions pretty, pretty solidly? Or do you think maybe it's too young for that? There's one aspect of sex. So be prepared for that. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, we're talking safe sex or no sex. And another thing about sex to your child would be something like the proper way for this in wholesomeness is perhaps that you get to be really, really good friends. And this takes not just a week or something. This takes a good piece of time. And then that friendship feels totally right. And we're old enough and wise enough to go the next step to have uh, maybe... Uh, checking things out with uh, sexuality and that kind of thing as friends. And as friends, you know, we can say no, and we're, we are practiced and we're common with each other that we can say no anytime, and we have said no, so we can stand up for our space and not be a pushover. And then maybe it's uh, rather safe to explore this G gradually is the key. It's, I think time is a thing, and being able to say no is a key thing. Mm -hmm. Well, and that is so true. You know, that's the problem with with our children today is they can't tolerate the nose of life, and they need to they need to learn that no is a good thing. Yes. And, and, and addiction means you can't say no. If you think about it, uh, people mm -hmm. who have a Sexual addictions, chemical addictions, eating addictions, they, they can't tolerate the nose. So they are avoiding pleasure, I mean avoiding pain and seeking pleasure. And to, to, I think that's another thing that we as parents have done. Um, this too, too, too much hyper focus on the self, it doesn't bring our children happiness. You know, they've got to step outside of that and they have to really see and, and experience life and that growing up, uh, you know, success isn't just measured by our accomplishments, but by the lives that we shape and, and touch as we pass. So, you're you're talking about the same thing. I'm seeing a young woman now. Young, she's just very. She's like 20, so she's still very young, and she's uh, heavy into drugs and uh, and in rehab right now. And to have that conversation with her, I try. 
but it's also she's had two abortions. Um, oh. She's had a baby that was a, a miscarriage, and she, ha- you know, w- we have to work on her concept of self. You know, her self worth and and uh, I don't even say self esteem because quite honestly, she thinks she's pretty cool. You know, her sense yeah. of self esteem is false self esteem. But it's false and exactly, right. exactly. And you know that that so we, I'm working right now on on getting her to have this sense of, of wonder and self and you know mind, body, and spirit, and that that intimacy is something special, as you say, something down the road. And so to go to kind of break that tape that's played in her head for a long, long time, and it comes from the generation before her. You know, that, that, that's challenging. Yes, it challenging. is. Okay, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Thank you very much for being with us today. Our guest, Marianne Rosenthal, who has a lot of good stuff to say about how to be a parent, not a pushover. And we hope that you'll stay with us for our second hour today as we hear more good advice on how to raise our kids. Stay with us.